Man, I just, I, I want to encourage every person in this room, if you're watching on this live stream, we welcome you, and we're so grateful that you could join us in spirit. Um, and uh, man, I, I just want to welcome every person into tuning your heart to hear from him. Jesus spoke to Rev- in Revelation to the church, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. And there's something about us tuning into the sound of heaven that brings transformation, that brings revelation, that brings change, but brings healing, and it brings the miracles that God wants to do. So I want each and every one of us, if we can, in unity and in agreement to, to tune into what the Lord is doing today. Um, thank you, God. Lord, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth would be born of you. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the move of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in Sagiri's life. God, we thank you, Jesus, for that healing, that testimony of deliverance from fear. God, we speak that over those who have been battling fear. We speak deliverance from fear in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. You came. You came, Lord, to deliver us, to save us, to set us free. Thank you, Lord. Um, earlier this week, I just I felt like this was a word of knowledge I needed to share, but I believe there's someone you've been dealing with pain in the inside of your right knee, like just right about the knee, maybe a little bit below, but pain on the inside of your right knee. It's almost like it's a surface pain. I don't know um, what the cause of it is, but um, if there's a person here, you've been dealing with that pain on the inside of your right knee, would you lift your hand? Pain on, okay. All right. You know what? Wow. Okay. There's a lot of people. Okay. How about your left knee? No, <laughs> who here is constipated? No, I'm joking. Um, uh, can, can, can we do something really quick? Because the Lord is, you know, I've been reading this book, and man, it's just like wrecking my life. <laughs> Pastor Jonathan uh, recommended this book, uh, the, the, whatever, the Prayer Ministry of the Church, is that right? Uh, by, by Watchman Nee, and the, the criticality of us as a church to agree with God's will in heaven. God is so willing He's so willing, so desiring, so yearning that what is of him, which is unlimited, unlimited power, unlimited resource, unlimited ability to save, heal, and deliver, to bring the dead to life, to open blind eyes, to to do that which is not possible for man. God is so eager to release what he wants to release in this earth. But Jesus said this to the church. On this rock I will build my church, and against it the gates of hell will not prevail. And it says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. That means we've been given an authority and an assignment. With that authority, there is an assignment. It says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I believe we have fallen short of what God wants to a great extent, and I don't, I'm not speaking that over like badly over this church, I just mean as the body of Christ, we have not fully seen or entered into what God wants to do. And His will, His purpose is so good. And, uh, and we, so when, when someone among us needs something from God, man, who, is it, who among us is going to stop God from doing what He wants to do? Can I, can I just ask everyone who's got a, who raised your hand inside of your knee, can I just ask you to come stand up here really quick? Walk up or hobble up, whatever it's required. 
Thank you, Lord. And the specific word that I had was surface, sur- like surface pain. But just come in faith, and we're just going to believe for healing. Would you guys just stand here in a row? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Maybe just get a couple ushers. Lord, we just thank you, God. Lord, we thank you that with the word of knowledge comes the power, comes the grace, comes the healing, comes the miracle that's needed. God, you're the miracle worker. You're our healer. God, we acknowledge you, and we thank you, Jesus, that this, this pain in the, in the right knee, we thank you, Lord, that every other part of, of their body that, that is infirmed, Lord, we thank you for delivering them. We thank you for healing them. Lord, we declare right now in the name of Jesus, this pain, the source of this pain, the root of this pain, we lay the axe to the root and we declare it healed in Jesus' name. I just speak over each and every knee. Be healed in Jesus' name. 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 Lord, we thank you, God, and we give you glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. Lord, we speak over this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just give him praise. Let's just worship him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As, as you walk back to your seat, just give God thanks for it. Those of you who are up here, just give God thanks. And I want you to, t- if at any point you just feel like that pain just totally left, just lift your hand and just say hallelujah. All right. Okay. Thank you, Lord. That was not in my notes. I'm breaking from notes. Okay. Anyway, we're just joking. Um, my notes are decent, but I just, man, let, let me be a fool as long as I'm following him. Amen. Amen. Uh, in, the, in the early 1800s, I believe it began around the War of 1812, um, when there was another war between America and England, and also in the early 1900s, and going into the First and Second World Wars, there was this campaign the government went out because they were trying to build up a stronger army. Uh, in America, and there was a campaign that went around, and there was this guy, a picture of a kind of a, a, a fake person, but representing the government, saying, I want you, and that person's name was Uncle Sam. And uh, I, uh, it's a funny word, but I, I've felt this for several weeks, I, 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 and I believe it's, it's here today, and, and I come as not, not Uncle Sam, um, but I come as a messenger <laughs> of the Lord, um, and, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm Uncle Sam to some of these guys here and some of those guys back there. But uh, I, I believe I'm, I'm here on assignment to, to announce God's call. And he's saying, I want you. He's saying, I want you. There is an individual and unique purpose God has over each and every life. If you're listening to this message online, if you're here in this place, you are not insignificant. God has a specific purpose and a specific call over your life, and you are needed in the body of Christ, and you are needed in this earth. And uh, just like a great, you know, military forces that have been assembled throughout the history of our nation, I believe God is raising up an army um, that's sold out to one single united purpose, a joint body that's in lockstep with one another. But, but every army, though it be massive, is made up of many members. And a few weeks ago, I think it was August 2nd, 
Pastor Jonathan preached a message on, on the body. And if you're a part of this church and you were, did not, you've not yet heard that message on the 2nd of August, I want to challenge you to go and YouTube, Facebook, we have different stuff, um, but go and listen to that. I believe it's um, critical for this season. It's critical for what God is wanting to do in this time. Um, and uh, so I'm going to read a few scriptures. Can you go to Ephesians 4? Read this over you, and then we're just going to talk a little bit about God's desire for us. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 4. If you're there, just say amen. amen. Ooh, that was fast. I wonder if the, the digital people beat the paper people or vice versa. Ephesians 4. I'm just going to read the first few verses here. Paul, through the inspiration of the, of the Holy Spirit, says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And uh, you don't have to turn there, but uh, you can just write this down or, or take a note of this to do this later. But 1 Corinthians 12 is a critical um, section of Scripture that, that covers a very similar theme, and it goes into detail about, you know, the, the hand d does not say, well, because I'm a hand, I'm not part of the body, and, and you know, the eye doesn't talk to the foot and all this fun stuff. And, um, but how that there is so much importance in us being unified like the many members of one body. If I don't have a finger, man, life can be difficult. If I don't have a hand, man, life is really difficult. If the inside of my right knee is in pain, Life can be difficult, right? Amen. Any, anybody, uh, you've, you've felt pain disappear since we prayed? Okay. If you're listening, let me know if it goes. Um, what we see in this scripture and in, and in 1 Corinthians 12, we see unity. We see harmony. We see oneness. Through Ephesians chapter 4, you see there is one body, one spirit, called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of us all, who is over all and through us and in all. That's a lot of one. And we're made, God is calling us to rise up as an army of one, but yet it is of many individual, unique members. And so the, the, the phrase that I've written down here in my notes is unity with uniqueness. Unity, yet with uniqueness. There's one body, and there's many members. And in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm just going to read this, this part, where it says, And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and on our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, 
but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor that part to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body. And I believe God is here today to announce that He is healing and, and, and removing the schism in the body of Christ. God wants to remove schism. That word schism means a division or a tearing, a rent. It's a picture of like cloth that has a rip in it. it, it cloth is not as effective as clothing if it's all ripped up, right? Um, how many are grateful this morning that my shirt is, is fully put together? Um, I know I am, but uh, I had it happen once playing volleyball. I was wearing jeans and the, the whole back side of my jeans, I went down to, to get a low scoop bump and a rip. there was a schism. <laughs> there was a schism in more places than one, but uh, uh, not just my pants, but in the mind of every person hanging out, and uh, you better go get that fixed. Um, but a schism represents ineffectiveness. Division represents ineffectiveness. Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And how many know in this day and in this time, we are to be the church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And if we're divided, we will not stand. But I believe God is bringing us as one, as one body, as one church, as one army to resist the works of darkness. But I, I believe there's an importance here for us to grab a hold of the importance of our unique purpose. And that's what I want to focus on today. And I want to just give you a disclaimer. There's a, been a theme or a teaching in the body of Christ broadly, not, not necessarily here in this church, but um, broadly there's been a theme that has gone around for probably the last five to ten years especially, but a, a doctrine of be you. Be you. You know, you ask somebody, oh, I'm just being me. I'm just being me. And, and usually whenever you hear someone say that, it's typically an excuse to be mean or to be rude or uh, to, you know, operate in the gifts of the flesh, right? Um, there's a, there's a great supply of the gifts of the flesh, and, and how many know they profit nothing? And of the flesh, we reap corruption, right? Come on, but of the Spirit, we reap life, and, uh, and God is, is calling us. But, so I want to give you a disclaimer. This is not BU culture. Uh, there's been a lot of bad effects that it's had, but there's been this, this belief in a gospel that molds to my life, my beliefs, my opinions, my experiences, as opposed to the transformative word of God that molds me and shapes me and changes me according to the truth that never changes. And so uh, that's, that's what we're going to look at today. Um, okay, who's ready? All right, yeah. So... Uh, this isn't be you, this is be, God, be who God has made you to be, yielded to Him, under Him, and let Him shine through and through. Um, but it's important that we recognize you, each and every one of us, have a unique purpose. You are here for a reason. I, okay, I keep feeling this. Melinda, as, as we were praying for you guys up here, I kept re being reminded of this story. There's this woman, she's alone with, with her son in the wilderness, and she, she didn't have water. She didn't know what she's going to do. She said, Lord, what am I? She started crying out to God, what am I going to do? And God met her, and God revealed himself to her, and the name in the Bible that she gives to God is El Roy. And you know what that means? It means the God who sees me. 
And Melinda, I just keep feeling that over you and over your family. You are not invisible. God sees you. God sees you. And man, what you are doing, the path you are on, you are walking down a course of life. And you, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has in store in your guys' life. But each and every one of us have a unique purpose. None is more important than the other. Every one is of vital, critical importance. The earth will literally not be the same without what God wants to do in and through your life. That's why the enemy is so against life. He's trying to stop it in the womb, and he's been doing it for a long time. But this is the purpose. Our purpose is unique, yet it's also the same. Our purpose is to know him and to reveal the image and the likeness of Jesus in this earth. To know him and out of my relationship with him, shine him. Jesus, or, you know, the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the garden, in the very first chapter of the Bible, known as Genesis. If you haven't checked it out, it's pretty cool. Uh, and he's, the Lord says, let us make man, mankind, in our image and in our likeness. That has always been the purpose for us. We're meant to reveal Jesus and reflect him out of the life flow of relationship with him. And, uh, and so our purpose is the same, yet it's also unique because w- what God looks like through you is different than what God looks like through me. And this world needs a revelation of the infinite God that is through each and every one of us, looks different, sounds different, but all projects from the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same Father, one baptism, one Lord, one church, one body. Amen? You got it? One but many, unity but unique. I don't know. We don't need slogans. We need, we need the Holy Spirit. Um, so God is not looking for another Pastor John. Whew. God is not looking for another Pastor Judy or Pastor Jonathan or whatever. God's not looking for another Billy Graham. There's nothing wrong with, with saying, you know, we need more, more of those types of people. Sure, sure, sure. But but God does not want to do what he did through Billy Graham's life the exact same through yours. And, and we, we look at one thing as greater or one thing more beneficial, but God is not looking for another Billy Graham. He's not looking for another Reinhard Bonnke, another David Wilkerson, Steve Hill, Todd White. Give your pick. These are all wonderful, amazing men of God who have, many of them, some of, of the ones I've described, uh, you know, Reinhard Bonnke and Billy Graham, David Wilkerson have gone on to be with the Lord. Steve Hill went on to be with the Lord. Men who finished the race. Men that we should look at and go, man, let me be a little bit like them. Yes, let us be like them in our devotion, in our humility, in our obedience to the will of God. But let us never look to try and copy and be like them or shine forth the God who is, was in them because God wants to shine who he is in you. God wa- is saying, I want you. He's raising up an army. He has one purpose, but yet it's unique through each and every member, and it's so vital, so critical, and if we get caught up and focused on trying to be so much like someone else, the likeness and the image of God in you will never be revealed to this world, and you'll rob God of getting His glory that He can only get through you. 
I know this maybe sounds weighty, but this is a, this is a call to arms. It's, it's a call of encouragement. It's a call knowing that the grace of God is here to, to help us to walk and respond to God. And as we draw near to him, as we get into the word of God, you know that James refers to this as the mirror. As you get into the mirror, the perfect law of liberty, it transforms you. It shows you who you really are. When you get time with God, it, uh, it molds you and it forms you and it shapes you. When you get in the presence of God, it shapes you and it causes you to shine the unique glory, the unique image that he wants to bear in this earth. So here's the question. What is unique about you that God wants to shine through? How does God want to, to shine through you? What are unique elements? And this is not an exhaustive list, but I've got just a few things to, to share. One is your heart. Your heart is unique. Your surrender First and foremost, to God looks different, smells different, sounds different than my surrender to God. Both are beautiful, a sweet aroma to the Lord, but it's unique and it's beautiful to, to God. But also to this world, a heart surrendered, a heart given fully to God is unique. In Second Chronicles, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is given to him or committed to him or loyal to him. Amen. His eyes are searching. Where is a heart? Where is a heart that would surrender to me? Surrender is one of my favorite words, I think. I'm probably going to use this word all, for all my days, and I believe part of it is just because it's my story. Amen. I knew what it was to be in church. I knew what it was to, to quote-unquote follow God, go to church, read my Bible, pray every day, but not have full surrender. I know what that is. Even remembering it can make you weep. And not out of uh, sorrow or shame, but out of the goodness and the mercy of God to lead me to full surrender. And I hear the Lord calling His church to full surrender. Where we say, God, all I am is yours. There's no place you can't touch. I don't hide anything from you. All my dreams, all my aspirations, all my hopes, all of my time, all of my treasure, all of my talent, it's yours. Do what you want to do, God. Use my life for your glory, whether it's for an hour, whether it's for a day, or whether it's for a lifetime. I'm yours. This is where self goes on the cross. This is where my life is no longer my own. This is where I lose my life, but because I've lost it for his sake, I find it. I find a whole new life. My desires have changed. My, I, I'm a new person. The, the thing that I thought I would do in my life has shifted, and, and now it's so much greater than I thought ever could be possible because I've surrendered to the king of all kings, the one who is so good. God's doing a work to purify us. And there's a freedom. I believe God is here to minister to some. There's a place of freedom this morning God wants to, to bring you into. A place of deliverance. There's some of you here today, you feel like there's this habit, there's this cycle, there's this thing that I'm trying to just break free from, and you've tried to do it in willpower. But God's here to do it in supernatural power. 
But surrender is what is the, the, the key. It's the, the, the opening of the door to say, God, I, I, I no longer hinder you. I'm no longer stopping you from doing what you want to do. We give him access to deal with anything and everything. Surrender allows God to form us, to shape us, to mold us. It causes the removal of false definitions, false identity of who we thought we were, and it allows God to reveal who he has truly made us to be. I know I'm reading some kind of bullet points at you, but I I hope that you grab this and hear the, the Holy Spirit drawing you. Lord, give us ears to hear. I love in Samuel, the, the, the priest who was not so close to God knew enough to tell Samuel, well, if God's talking to you, just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's so important that we do that. When we surrender our heart, our focus shifts. When I... When I was, I, I, I call it, I was the second prodigal in the prodigal story. Some of you have heard, heard this many times. I love the thing that we've got back here today. It's hidden. But there was a prodigal who left home and said, I want my inheritance and went off and spent it on the world. But there was a second son who stayed at the house, but his heart was far. And I know what it is to, to be that person. And when I surrendered my heart, surrendered my life, what I, I, I look back, I didn't even realize what was happening, but when I said, Jesus, all I want is you, all of a sudden my focus wasn't on me and my ability and what I wanted and all of these things. I started to go, God, what do you want? Who, who do you say that I am? And I, I surrendered myself to him. Everything changed. My desires changed. The course of my life changed. I, I never thought I'd be in ministry. I never thought I would be a preacher, pastor, all the above. Through my teen years, I thought I was going to be a businessman. I'm going to provide for the kingdom of God. I'll be a good Christian and support great ministries. But when I surrendered my heart over the course of six months, God transformed the trajectory of my life forever. It can happen in a day. It can happen in a moment. Perhaps today is your suddenly, perhaps today is your turning point, perhaps today is the day when you say, God, I want to lay it all down, because God is jealous for the glory that he wants to get in and through your life. His purpose over your life, it hasn't changed just because you've gone off course. God still says, my purpose hasn't changed, my will hasn't changed, I still want to do great and mighty things through you, and when you turn to him, watch and see what he will do. I was thinking, excuse me, I was thinking recently of the story of Jesus speaking with Peter at the end of the book of John in chapter 21, and Jesus is speaking to Peter, and he says, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, keep my sheep. You know, you, you know the, the sentence, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times, and, and uh, just thinking about that, that story, and you, if you realize Jesus knew that only a number of days later, Peter was going to be standing up on the day of Pentecost preaching to thousands. And on that day, he would preach to thousands. The crowd would respond because they had encountered something. They had seen something. 
They didn't understand the ways of God, but they had seen and felt something. And they yelled back at his preaching. What must we do? And Peter said, be saved, be baptized with water, and receive the Holy Spirit. And times of refreshing will come upon you. And on that day, 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus. Can you picture that? What would happen if we saw on a Sunday morning 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus and then all decide they want to go through that baptismal? (laughs) Is our heart ready for that? (laughs) Are we ready for the the lame, the maimed, the broken? I'm telling you what, there's got to be a heart in us, church, that says whether or not they can ever bring one dollar of tithe into the house, our gospel is free. The good news didn't cost us anything. It cost him everything. But freely I have received and freely I give. But Jesus did not give Peter any notice of this. He didn't say, hey, Peter, check it out. Guess what? I want you to prepare the sweetest message. Because a few weeks from now, it's going to get... Watch what the Holy Spirit's going to do. But I want your message to be good. I need you to like recite some really serious stuff. I need you to talk about me. I need you to talk about how they crucified me and how I rose from the dead. I want you to do this. I want you to... Jesus never did that. He didn't say they're going to scream back at you, what must we do? Explain this speaking in tongues. Explain this fire of God that's resting on your heads. What's going on? Jesus never said any of those things or prepared him for any of those things. What did he tell Peter to do? Feed my sheep. God, I believe, is doing a work to shift us as the people of God from focusing on, God, what is it that I am to do? But to start with, who am I? Let our doing flow out of our being. And, and, and Jesus, what he was really doing was speaking to Peter about who he was. He was a shepherd, a sheep-feeding shepherd. That's what God wanted him to be. He was a fisherman, called to fish, you know, used to fish for fish, now he's to fish for men, and then he's to feed the sheep once they're caught. Lots of animal analogies. But can you imagine Peter, if Jesus had just given him the knowledge of what was going to happen? Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to preach, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this. There's nothing, God many times will give us instructions, but it's, God is so much more into revealing who we are to be in him and what he wants to shine through us rather than the specific intricacies of just do this or do that. Because it all flows from knowing him and, and being in union with him. Can you imagine Peter on that, on that chat with, with Jesus? If, if the table was turned and, and Jesus had told him, hey, you're going to need to preach and it needs to be good on the day of Pentecost. Can you imagine the days leading up to that? Peter going, I better get out some old scrolls. I better whip out some Isaiah. You know, uh, I'm probably going to need Genesis. You're going to need to read through some stuff. Hopefully the the rabbis don't mind me borrowing some of their stuff because it better be good. What am I supposed to preach? Maybe, maybe Jesus wants to just use John instead of me. Can you imagine what Peter might have done if he had gotten caught up with what he was to do without realizing first, finding his identity of who he was? But because he was surrendered, because he had found a place with God, because he had found a place, Jesus, I mean, Peter's the guy who denied him. 
And Jesus calls him in and he says, let's eat some fish. I think you know a thing or two about fish. Do you love me? Here's who you are. Do you love me? Here's who you are. That's what fellowship with God looks like. And because he was abiding with Jesus, abiding in Jesus, and Jesus abiding in him, he was prepared to bear fruit. All right. There's, I feel like I'm splashing a lot at you, but we're going we're gonna to speed through this. Thank you, Lord. There's other things God wants to shine through. He wants your mouth. He wants your voice. He wants your shout. He wants your hands. You ever notice no two fingerprints are the same? I believe God made that that way as a picture of his body, that each, each and every member of us is unique and important. But he also wants your prayers. I mentioned this verse already, that we are to be the force that stops the gates of hell, that binds the things that come against God and to loose the things that God wants to do on this earth. And without our prayer, the will remains in heaven but is not released on the earth. But when we agree with his will, when we enter into a place of prayer where God uniquely, through each and every one of our members, coming into agreement with him and one another in him, we begin to see God do what only he can do. I believe it's not possible for the gates of, for us to be the church that withholds the gates of hell unless we are a praying church. I know I felt God convict me a lot lately that I have not travailed over souls the way that I am to, tra- to, to travail over souls. I've, I've felt it in my heart. How am I to expect to see multitudes of lost come to know him when I have not wept? The same way Jesus wept over Jerusalem. We know the Jesus who welcomes the, the children to his knees. We know the Jesus who also clears the temple with a whip and deals with the religious spirit, but do we know the Jesus that is ever living to intercede for us? Ever lives to intercede. The one who wept over Jerusalem said, "My, how I long to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. Thank you, Lord. Can I ask, Martine, would you mind coming up and just playing, dude? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Each and every one of us are unique. You are needed. You are important. I believe there's, there may even be someone either watching or maybe someone here with us today that you have, have really struggled with the meaning and the value of your life to the point where you have maybe even considered the taking of your own life. I know that's, that's serious and heavy, but God is so good, so loving, that he will stop everything to leave 99 and go after one sheep that's lost. God is here to meet your needs. God is here to reveal himself as El Roy, the God who sees. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
God wants to do so much more than we're currently releasing him to do, I believe. But God, this is not to, uh, to condemn us, but I believe it's, it's a point of turning. We're at a, at a stage of turning, and God is, is turning up the gears, turning up the heat in his church. And I believe the, the army of God truly is rising. But it's not, it's not hype. It's not programs. It's not personalities. It's not celebrity. It's a bride devoted to the king of all kings. It's a, it's a humbled, submitted, yielded, unified body of Christ made up of many independent, unique members that come together as one and, and say, God, we're going to welcome the king of glory in. Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven.